0: Welcome to The Jay Kim Show. This is your host, Jay Kim. I am an investor, author, and fitness entrepreneur. And for the first time in Asia, I sit down with the world's most brilliant minds in business, investing, and entrepreneurship. You'll learn all the secrets, strategies, and formulas to becoming a successful entrepreneur directly from the masters. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insight to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Today's guest is Benny Liu, the mastermind behind the website NextShark.com. NextShark is a news aggregator, and they specifically target the English-speaking Asian youth around the world. His website puts out a lot of edgy, evocative content that's highly relatable if you're part of that target demographic. So Benny shares a lot about his background today, which I found fascinating. He started making money in very non-conventional ways, such as playing online poker, and then jumping into the dark side of internet marketing, which he tells us all about. Since then, he's parlayed those skills into becoming an SEO and social media marketing expert, and he leveraged his niche to build up a site that now drives over 4 million unique visitors a month. I know you're gonna enjoy today's episode. Let's jump right in. Danny, hey, how are you? Good, man. How about yourself? Doing great, man. Thanks for uh, agreeing to be on this podcast. It's going to be great. No, awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing fine, man. Yeah, Asia, everything's behind here. Is, I'm not sure how... Have you spent any time in Asia, by the way? Not in recent years.
1: The last time I went, I, I went to Shanghai and Hong Kong back in 2010. Mm. And well, I, I guess, uh, well, actually, I, I went to Japan last year. And I'm going to go to Japan and Taiwan uh, this coming
0: December. Ah, great. Yeah. Okay. And your, your family is originally from Hong Kong, is it? Or
1: uh, So uh, my family was originally from uh, Guangzhou. But um, okay. I have family that are based in Hong Kong too, so I've been back a couple times since you know I was growing up and everything.
0: Okay, good, good. Next time you're out here, give me a shout, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll link up. So, Benny, thanks for coming on to the uh, podcast. I'm excited to have you here on the. On the show for the listeners, if there's anyone that is current with uh, social media right now, I'm sure you've seen uh, Benny's uh, site, Next Shark. I'll let him explain it to to you. But why don't we start with uh, with who you are, Benny, and uh, you know what do you do for a living?
1: Yeah, so I'm Benny Liu. Uh, I was born in uh, California, went to UC Irvine in um, Orange County, California. I started off my career as uh, an internet marketer back in college, and so we did a lot of ppc and search engine marketing and so uh,
0: okay, can you explain sorry I, I interrupt a lot so i hope that's okay no, please. can you explain what ppc is to our listeners yeah yeah so ppc is just like uh, pay per
1: click marketing and so you know it's literally okay. just pay per click if you're if you're let's say advertising on google adwords and you're targeting specific keywords and you know bidding on those specific keywords for your audience to kind of see and click on that's kind of pay per click marketing
0: okay and so you were doing this during college as like a side gig Yeah. And so, you know, I I worked multiple jobs in
1: college. I mean, my first Mm -hmm. job uh, was when I was a freshman. I was doing campus marketing for Dell computers. And so I was basically involved with uh, helping increase sales on campus for Dell. And within the first six months of me uh, being on board, um, our school was ranked in the top 10 universities in the nation for quarterly units sold. And I believe at wow. the time, we, uh, we actually uh, beat out Apple in sales for, uh, wow, for our nice. particular campus. So then uh, year two, which is my sophomore year, Apple actually poached me. And so I, I started working for Apple for a little bit. And around that time, I met a guy in class and he was playing online poker. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just kind of like, hey, uh, you know, are you, guys, are you playing for real money? And he was just kind of like, you know, a little arrogant you know, just like, yeah, of course I am, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, cool. And then I just, like, basically blanket statement and just ask, oh, you know, how how big's your bankroll? And, you know, uh, as college kids, like, you know, we all played online poker. It was legal at the time. And all of us would have, like, let's say 50 bucks in our account or 100 Uh bucks. You know, it it was all for fun. And then this guy was like, oh, you know, I have 250. I'm like, oh, cool, 250 bucks. That's so much money. But uh, it was really, (laughs) like, 250 grand. And that was kind of, like, my first, like, uh, taste of uh, of making money online. And right. um, so I kind of, uh, this guy kind of took me under his wing and I started uh, learning a little bit of online poker and naturally I met a lot of successful people. I mean, in the poker scene, and the gambling scene, you tend to meet a lot of successful people that didn't make their money from poker. Um, you know, they're entrepreneurs, actors, celebrities and whatnot. And so that kind sure, of, sure. you know, gave me my first taste of kind of like the high life and meeting all these um, high level people
0: that you know, made it in life. And, uh, so this guy was a classmate of yours or was he an outsider? No, he was
1: a classmate of mine. He sat next to me in class. He was a couple years like older than me. I think he was like three mm. or four years older than me. And uh, the reason why we were in the same class was because um, he basically was so focused on poker that uh, he ba- he basically took a break from school. And after he became successful, his parents kind of forced him to finish up his degree because, you know, you know <laughs> Asian degree, parents yeah. are like that, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. There's no negotiating with uh, immigrant Asian parents. You got to do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what they say.
1: exactly, exactly. I guess he would, I would say he's like an early mentor of mine. I mean, he was a family, mm-hmm. he came from a family of entrepreneurs. And so he was really, he came from a lot of money. And, right. um, you know, while my, while my classmates that were, you know, same age as me were like out partying and their frat parties. You know, I was partying with him at like the presidential suite at the Bellagio, uh, right. You know, during wow. the World series of Poker Week or something, and so it was a very different experience. And you know, uh, while I did kind of miss out a lot on the typical college experience, I definitely you know made up for it with you know living such an interesting life early on by following this guy.
0: Well, it's like you're living the dream, and you're a college student. So, so is this? So this was kind of like your your first light bulb moment where you're like, okay, I don't have to go to college necessarily, uh, other than appeasing my parents to, to, to be able to make money. Right.
1: Yeah. I I think after that moment, honestly, like I was focused on trying to get good grades. I mean, I was, I was struggling a little bit. I've never been like a good, that good of a student academically, and, you know, but I, but at the same time, like I knew I wanted some sort of comfort. And so my goal back then before meeting this guy was like, Hey, I'm going to get a good job. Maybe at Dell, just work really hard. And then just, you know, just naturally go, go out from there. It, it never fathomed to me of if I talk about it, it seems like this guy is a complete douchebag, but he was really, but you know, he, he, <laughs> and, and, and in a sense he was, but he was also like taught me a lot of things as well. Like for example, you know, uh, he would say things like, Hey, how much money did you make last, last month? And then I'd be like, oh, you know, I worked at Dell, I was getting paid like what, you know, twelve, fifteen bucks an hour or something. So maybe like what a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. And he'll be like, my outfit is worth more than that or something like. That. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't fathom to me where people would pay for like you know twenty five thousand dollar watches or you know or five hundred dollar like luxury just like zip up hoodies or whatever. So it just never fathomed with me. And so like when I went into this world, it was just very interesting. It was like a movie to me, you know, of, you know, seeing all these people living in riches and just throwing money like it was nothing. Like I would be attending these poker games where there would be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash on the table. And, you know, it would just be like really like it would just be like really fascinating to me.
0: You know? Yeah, and it's just sitting there, and then they go to the bathroom and they just leave the stack there, and no one touches it. You know, that's sort of yeah.
1: I, I remember like uh, one of the um, you know, I, I was staying in Vegas with him, and you know, we were about to leave, and then in the corner we see this chip, right? And then we're like, hey, you know, you, uh, hey, I, I, you know, I'm about to leave. I'm just like doing one clean sweep, you know, at the place because I tend to yep. do that. And then uh, he was like, no, let's go. We're in a hurry. I took I took everything, and then in the corner I see this like yellow chip, and then it's like a twenty five thousand dollar chip. Um, it, for, <laughs> and so i was just like oh, oh you know you know what the hell and so we just like you know obviously uh, you know it's he dropped it and then um <laughs> you know we uh, we we went we went about our way so it's just Pocket little change, it, yeah, right? it's like interesting interesting things like that that you don't really think about and i'm i'm still a starving student by then but um, so right. I guess long story short I, I, I got into poker I got a little bit of success So would you say you're a good poker player now? Uh, I would say like I'm above average But I would I wouldn't right. say like I'm a pro I mean I did right. poker well enough to where I was able to buy my first car, so it was just like a, a used, like a used car, like six thousand dollars. I mean,
0: that's pretty good for a college kid, right? Yeah, yeah, Wrestling it's good. Side, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I didn't make like you know, like you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I made enough to kind of like you know, uh, see some mild success. But overall, it was, it really wasn't something that I was passionate in per se. I mean, mm. I was just you know on on my computer playing multi tables. Every day, right. sometimes like I would just wake up without brushing my teeth, and I would play until like you know, like let's say I wake up in the morning for a nine a.m. like tournament, and then I wouldn't be done until like seven p.m. and not leaving my seat, haven't brushed my teeth, haven't really eaten, or I would order like you know pizza, like really unhealthy. Yeah. So it wasn't um, it wasn't a lifestyle that I wanted, and I just wasn't leaving the the house. Um, it got so bad to the point where I started wearing sunglasses while playing because, you know, the, the, the light was just irritating my eyes so much <laughs> at that point, you
0: know? Okay. So then, so then you're doing this lifestyle, you're grinding away, you're, you're like this, uh, the undercover nighttime poker player or daytime, whatever, wearing sunglasses. And so what, what's the, what's the next transition to the next point in your life? So then
1: I would say like maybe uh, junior year came along and then. You know, through through my connections and meeting cool people, uh, a friend hit me up one day and he's like, "Hey, uh, Benny, you mentioned that uh, your your poker mentor made like up to 50k a month in poker, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Why?" why? And he's like, "Okay, well, I, I want to introduce you to the 16 year old kid. He makes up to fifteen thousand dollars a day." And I'm like, wow. really doing what? And then he was like, he does uh, affiliate marketing. And so basically, what he does is he goes to a lot of these affiliate networks and companies that have affiliate programs, and he signs mm-hmm. up for them. And then they basically yep. sell uh, sell his products using his own unique link. And whatever sales that come through, he gets a cut of it.
0: Right. Which is which is actually for the, for the, in the world of online businesses, that can can be a very lucrative. Uh, revenue stream. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the big name sort of online business guys out there. They, you know, there's some guys like you know Pat Flynn. They put up their their monthly uh, income report, and and a large part of that does come from affiliate marketing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you know, it's a big business. I mean, back then it was really uh, you know the the reason why I, I would say now it's a little bit harder to make money, but uh, back then it was really really easy. And mm. to be completely transparent, a lot of our tactics of driving traffic was like very gray area. And so mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking, let's just say, uh, let, let, let's just say uh, if, uh, I don't know, what, what's a big brand? Let's say Nike, right? As an example, had like an affiliate program, right? So me and a team of him and five people, uh, the 16-year-old kid, we found a way to, uh, to not only bid on copyrighted words to drive traffic to our site, but also have our ad rank higher than the official ad of a particular company because our ads were much higher performing and we were able to get like, you know, a really, really good, um, we were getting one cent clicks. That's how good our campaign was wow. so
0: That's, that's really good. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, but obviously, you know, a lot of these were like short term stuff. I mean, like after, uh, we will probably get shut down within like, you know, about that mm-hmm. max and then we will move on to the next thing but yeah. um, it was extremely lucrative. I mean, I think that, you know, we would easily make like up to six figures a month just off of, you know, off of doing some of these campaigns and whatnot. Wow. And so... And you
0: were working with this with the 16-year-old guy? Yeah, dude. Or I it, You set up your own thing. No, no, no. We were working
1: with him. Like he he basically, uh, he took me on a, as, as a mentor. I mean, you know, a, mm-hmm. and it, it was crazy because I didn't really believe my friend at first. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go meet this kid. And so we, we drove to um, these luxury apartments. A lot of like celebrities were living there at the time. So we went out to the top floor. The guy literally comes out like uh, with uh, smoking a cigarette with a robe on and his boxers and (laughs) you know and he's just like you know completely drugged out chilling and He had he had like uh, he had an Aston Martin. Um, it, it was crazy. It was wild. The sixteen-year-old kid was living like the
0: dream. Right. So this is like light bulb moment number two for you. You're like, okay, wow. Poker, you can make a lot of money. This kid, sixteen years old, and he's just rolling in it, right? Yeah, he's just rolling in it like crazy. And so
1: you know, we were making we were making really good money. But over time, I mean, a lot a lot of these like campaigns were very short lived. I mean, because mm-hmm. you know, we would get shut down, or you know, we got we got banned from using Google AdWords for a little bit too. Um it was like
0: And you kinda have to stay on the cutting edge because Google keeps changing their algorithm, yeah, right? So Exactly. Yeah. And you know. and so
1: needless to say, that was a great time in my life in a sense where, you know, I I was making good money, I was being a good place. But at the same time, like me and the rest of my friends were way too young to be able to understand money management. And mm. I never was really in a spot where, you know, somebody taught me like money management. I mean, a lot of the right. people that I saw, like they were, they were very degenerate and poker players are very degenerate too. Yeah. And I, I, I was like really, I was really, I was being really stupid with my money. And so, and so was like the 16 year old kid. I mean, this guy was making really, really good money, but it was going out faster than it was going in. I mean, he was thinking sure. he was like, he was, uh, you know, throwing crazy parties that he shouldn't be throwing. He was doing a lot of drugs. He was, you know, putting, was he Asian? No, no, He's no. Cute. He was a he was a, okay. he was a western western, kid. western yeah yeah, okay. yeah. So it was like um, it was a very unhealthy lifestyle, and so a lot of the money was just going out. And at the time, like it 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 ended up kind of a sad story because you know for me I was being I was mismanaging my money, but two like. This kid started that taught me everything started making excuses and you know asking to you know lend him money and whatnot saying that oh yeah you know I have a wire coming in but I need to borrow money for right. this or that or he'd be like hey can you sign, can you can you help me co-sign for this like for this Hollywood apartment oh. cuz like you know I'm I'm under I'm under 18 so I need somebody to help me co-sign
0: So you saw the red flags popping up
1: At the time not really because I was so addicted to you know mm. seeing what he had you know cuz I saw the ASMR and I saw like you know all these things that he was doing I saw him blowing all this money on, on things. And so I thought that, you know, I could be able to live this guy's life. And so I, I didn't really let the red flag sink in, if that make if that makes sense. Yep, and so, yep. uh, long story short, I mean, I got completely screwed over by this kid. Just to give an example, I mean, the Hollywood apartment that I helped co-sign with him, yeah. you know, it racked up like, um, you know, five figures and damages just on that. That wow. you know, that I was on the hook for, Yikes. but I guess like as a lesson there, I learned that you know even affiliate marketing it wasn't really something that was fulfilling for me. I, was, I mean I was I made good money, but I was getting shut down really quick. It wasn't something that I could tell people you know, and I, it wasn't something I could be really be proud of. I mean I was just
0: proud of, right. setting
1: up campaigns. I was you know looking at numbers. The whole time, every day, sitting at a computer, it was like the same thing as poker. I was just sitting there looking at numbers, and I don't, I don't, it didn't really feel fulfilling for me.
0: Yeah, I mean that sort of stuff. As a, when you're younger and you're a little bit less mature, it's, it's, you get, like you said, you're addicted to the, the money and the lifestyle and and all that stuff. You're attracted to that, but then you know that's not, it 's not really legacy. Like how, how are you going to, you know, you're not proud of what you do, but when you look back, it's like, how did you make your money? Oh, well, I played poker and I. Did some kind of shady stuff to to do affiliate marketing, and I made a bu- bunch of money. And so it's like, do you, are you really proud of yourself at the end of the day, right? Yeah, no.
1: You know, it just wasn't it just wasn't something you know that that fulfilled me. And so um, you know, by the time I graduated college, like I graduated college, uh, you know, I I I, I walked uh, the ceremony on a Saturday, mm. and um, I had to start work on a Monday because I was basically in debt by the time I graduated college, and. Um, okay. Uh, I was actually on the verge of going into bankruptcy too, but wow. um, I knew that. But for me, like I, I felt like I had to take responsibility, and so I had to try to settle with the collectors and you know work things out with them. And then I went to work on a Monday. I started working for a, a Dutch startup as a okay. you know as a community manager, uh, social media, do stuff like that. And that's when I started doing um, social media marketing. And what
0: kind of startup was it? It, it was
1: a company called uh, Symbolu, It's still around, and so um, they're a tech startup, and they focus on. Um, it's it's like, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's um, when you go to symbolu.com, you basically create these like visual. Uh, vi- it's like a visual favorites bar. You know how you, like you add you bookmark things
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, on on your desktop. Yep. So this one is like a visual bookmark, and you can share specific bookmarks with uh, with other uh, people.
0: Okay, interesting, interesting. So you were so you started off as a social media marketer, community manager there, and that's kind of where you started learning more about. How to do social media marketing? Yeah, and then uh, and then
1: I, I, about like I would say six to eight months later, um, I started working for um, uh, a company called Centercode, which was basically uh, the number one beta testing company. Uh, I would say I, I uh, you know the number the number one beta testing company in the industry. So like you know they've done projects with Google, Logitech, um, a lot of big gaming companies. Like they're they're like the masters when it comes to you know beta test. Um, management. And so, um, so I started working with them, started learning about beta testing and I was a marketing manager for them, uh, help write blog posts and copy. And then, uh, I think about like maybe a year, uh, working with them. Um, I started branching off on my own and I started doing, uh, social media marketing for myself. And so I started doing social media co- consulting work. And so I would, uh, uh, help, let's say small businesses like restaurants and mm. you know, maybe small, um, office companies to help them drive lead. And what year was this? This was back in, uh, I think, 2011.
0: Okay, so this is sort of right when that space was, it was still a little bit early. Like now it's very, very, everyone, all the big corporations have Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. But back then it was still kind of, the movement had just sort of started and gone mainstream right
1: yeah exactly i mean i i I would say that it hasn't really back then i I would say it wasn't really mainstream that much yet i mean right now like social media experts quote unquote are literally everywhere i think back then it was still social media marketing was just starting to get like coined, and people were just starting to realize you know the potential of everything you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i started doing social media marketing and uh I would help um, small businesses just, like, drive leads online, whether it's through Twitter, Craigslist, Facebook, what have you, help them set up their pages, like, very simple stuff. And then... um I, and then over time I started getting bigger clients I mean uh, one of the biggest clients that I did was uh, we did a I did a project with uh, billboard and uh, an MGM I mean they did like a uh, a k-pop concert and so I hmm. was a social media strategist to help them build engagement and ticket sales and uh, set up uh, social media campaigns for the event and so you know we work we, we would work with you know some of the k-pop stars some big celebrities um, wow. on creating cool campaigns to drive engagement to prom- to promote this concert
0: how did you actually learn all this Stuff. was it just a matter of you sort of a b testing stuff yourself and you're kind of just researching online? and or were there any, uh, influencers uh, you know guys that that you looked out to online whether it be or, or or in the in the in the industry that you followed that you learned specific tactics from
1: no it was it was all basically just like uh, a b testing myself trial and error I mean for me it's very simple I mean internet marketing is very very simple and so you're basically trying to find a way to arbitrage or pay for targeted traffic to a specific source with the intention of you know getting getting that traffic to buy something or you know or do, or do something that builds your brand right And so, a lot lot of the stuff that I learned through internet marketing, like um, pay-per-click, search engine marketing, kind of translated over to social media. Uh, So, social media, in a sense, um, I really, really like social media and I had a lot of passion for social media because, um, you know, there was one key difference between that and, you know, pay-per-click and social media. There was a human side of it where, you know, you could produce content, you could, you know, talk to people directly. I mean, there was like an engaging factor to it that made it interesting for me, if that makes sense. And it was it's much more interesting for me as well because I felt like social media was one of the few mediums that allowed you to generate a lot of buzz and traffic uh, without necessarily paying like crazy amounts of money for it. Because with pay per click, mm. I mean, you pay for the traffic and you try to make sure that whatever you whatever you pay for, you get more money back
0: in returns. That's right. right. So it's almost like a more more of a meritocracy. It's like if you do good work, if you say right evocative copy, if you if a really good campaign, then you can get rewarded for that, and not you don't have to pay for it. Yeah,
1: I mean at the time, like uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Old Spice, the uh, yep.
0: the deodorant. I mean
1: back then yep, this sure. was like you know 2010 2011. I mean Old Spice was still not that recognizable, but then they did the whole like social media campaign with you mm-hmm. know the the Old Spice man. Where yep, yep. he was basically answering questions live through every single social medium, whether whether it's Reddit, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, he answered, you know, questions all over. And within less than a week, sales for Old Spice skyrocketed and they became the number one men's body deodorant, you know, yeah. in less than a week, just off that social media campaign. And yeah. something like that is much more powerful than, you know, paying for a billboard or paying for a TV spot. You know what I mean? So, um, so that's why that that's why I was so excited about it. And
0: okay, so you're so so at this point in your life, you're you had branched off and you were doing sort of uh, social media consulting on your own. You had your own business, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then so what was the next step then?
1: Before I get, go on, I did read a book that was very helpful. Um, so I guess for mm-hmm. anybody that wants to, you know, get a start on understanding, you know, how to market online, like pick up a book yes. called The Inbound Marketing. It's, by, it's written by the guys over at HubSpot. It's probably the best book that I've written in terms of like breaking down exactly, uh, you know, how internet marketing works. And they break down every single medium too, whether it's social media, videos, SEO and whatnot. So I think anybody that wants to learn, they should pick up that book.
0: Wow, inbound marketing. Okay, we'll have that in the show notes.
1: The next thing was um, so this was like maybe uh, two thousand, maybe mid two thousand eleven. That's when I started. Uh, you know, one of my clients was um, you know brought me on board to help them to help them on a project. And essentially, that client turned into an investor for my first company, which was uh, NewMediaRockstars.com, and that was basically an online magazine focused on covering the uh, digital entertainment space. And so, back then, if you look at the whole ecosystem online, there was uh, a rise, or um, internet celebrities like YouTubers uh, and fat- <laughs> and bloggers were really starting to, you know, pick up steam. And there really wasn't like a specific site out, out there that really covered that industry. I mean, the, you know, there were main. Media sites that were still covering like traditional media celebrities, but no one was really focused on internet celebrities, and so um, that's why I created NewMediaRockStars.com. rockstars.com. And so he became my first okay. investor. So, for the next, like, I guess two years, like I was building this company, and we ended up doing really well. I mean, we were we had a lot of really high moments, like for example, like Justin Bieber tweeted our site twice, we've done like nice. big projects, um, you know, we did a lot of big interviews, like with uh, let's say people like Brian McKnight, Bill Nye, the science guy. Um, all the top youtubers at the time and then in 2013 I sold that company to uh, a company called Zella networks and then after that I started next shark
0: okay wow and then so next shark is basically new media Rockstars 2.0 kind of
1: uh, I mean I, I think that it's uh, I guess you could say it's a 2.0 uh, as a startup but in terms of like direction uh, it's it's completely different but you know it's same same industry obviously it's still in the media industry
0: okay so so next shark is Tell us exactly what Nextshark is. Uh that's nextshark.com, right? Yeah. And uh, what what's your what's your spin? I mean because um, there's tons of news aggregators out there. There's tons of websites. There's so the flood of of content on the internet right now is almost unmanageable. So how does Nextshark differentiate from any of the other sites that do similar things.
1: Next Shark actually started off as like a uh, online magazine on business and tech and entrepreneurship targeting millennials. And so back then uh, I was just trying to, you know, I, th- I thought that there was a need for uh, entrepreneurship and business content targeting young, hungry, business minded people. And mm-hmm. uh, we ended up doing relatively well. But, you know, over time, I mean, I think that the, the company has been around for three years. And I would say like maybe about like eight months ago, while we were getting really good traction, I, 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 felt number one, I didn't really feel that fulfilled. And number two, I didn't really uh, think that we were building the, the community, a a strong enough community, you know, that I wanted, you know? Mm. And so I was just kind of just digging through our data and, you know, I noticed something interesting. I mean, even like, uh, when I started, I noticed that a lot of our Asian-centric content was doing really well. So, for example, right. whenever we covered a startup in China or whenever we, you know, covered an entrepreneur in Southeast Asia or something or we covered news in that in that area or even the, in the U.S., if we covered, uh, you know, anything um, Asian-centric in particular, you know, we were getting a, a lot of engagement. And I'm not sure if it's because, like, you know, since I'm Asian and I have a lot of, you know, friends and you know mm-hmm. friends on Facebook that are Asian that that shared really well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, you know, we would get so much traffic and engagement and shares just off of that. And so I kind of realized that there was a need for this sort of content. And I would say eight months ago, we we actually pivoted the site to basically become a online publication focused on uh, targeting the Asian youth market. And so we cover like very different verticals. Like we cover tech, culture, sports, fitness. Um, it's basically uh, a media destination targeted towards young English-speaking Asians across the world. And we think that there's a need for this and we think that there is a big market for this because um, traditionally speaking, I mean, Asians in America and Asians in Asia are culturally different, right? You know, that's kind of like there mm-hmm. there's some different is there culturally and beliefs and everything. But I think that with the advent of entertainment and media, I feel like those, and, and the internet, on top of that, um, you know, those things are starting to really converge. If you look at, let's say K-pop, right? Like K-pop as an industry, I mean, it's not just big in Asia anymore. Like it's really traveling to Europe. It's traveling to the U S where, you know, where hundreds of thousands of people are attending these concerts in the West. And if you look at even Asians in Hollywood, I mean, a lot of like, you know, money from China is, is diving into Hollywood and they, they specifically said, that they're looking to put more um, Chinese and you know Asian characters into their uh, into the big screen. Yep. And if you look at even in the YouTube space, a lot of these top YouTubers like Ryan Higa, Wong Fu Productions. I mean, you know, even though they're they're U.S. based, their their audience they have a large, large, large audience all over Southeast Asia. And so I think that you know there is a commonality that we can meet on, and I think that there is interest. And so I think that for us, we we look to produce content. And and we aim to be the voice for the Asian youth all over the world.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that because uh, you, I think you you're, you're absolutely right. The trend is is definitely going that way. I mean, Asia is blowing up. China obviously is a world player now. You cannot ignore what's going on there. Yeah, you know, and Southeast Asia is is a huge huge market. I know, especially for the early stage uh, scene uh, and entrepreneurship scene. And um, so I think you're you're doing. Uh, you know, I love what you guys are doing over there. You know, I I, I I follow you guys on Facebook and stuff, and I love your posts. Your posts are always really they're 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 done really well. I have to say, you know, they're they they're either uh, calling some someone out or they're really humorous, and it definitely has that Asian feel because uh, it's it's usually stuff that all Asians can relate to. So that's 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 really good. Yeah,
1: that's our goal. I mean, that's really our uh, that that's our thing. I mean, we want something where you know it's kind of like you know I'm Asian and I and I can you know I get it. You see what I'm saying? yeah so exactly
0: exactly okay so we got to look to wrap up here soon benny but um so what so what's in store next for next shark what do you see uh what are your goals for 2017 um how are you guys doing on sort of uh building the company up.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're doing really well. I mean, I think that now we get up to like, I think I would say uh, on average three to four million readers a month. So you, three to four unique visitors wow. a month. And we're, we're going from there. I mean, our video content is doing really well too. I mean, I think that we started video like on Facebook maybe a couple months ago and we've gone over 75 million video views already wow. on Facebook. And so um, so in the future is, uh, we're, we're definitely looking to uh, really, uh, we want to definitely do more original content. I think that curating and uh, and looking through other sources and then, you know, rewriting it is really cool. But I really want, I, I'm really passionate and, you know, uh, in traveling and going to interesting places and producing really cool and original uh, content. And so, um, you know, I, I would say look out for more original content in the future and look out for more video content because we're going to be putting out a lot of cool
0: stuff. Fantastic. And so, uh, guys, you got you to gotta go and check out NextShark.com. What's the best... Uh, I guess that's the best place to to find you. And then you personally, uh, are there any uh, links or or social media uh, places that you would want me to direct uh, the audience to?
1: Yeah, I mean, just NexShark.com. Tell them to like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash uh, NexShark. And then uh, I have a Twitter too. It's Twitter.com slash Benny And yeah, all that good stuff. Okay,
0: awesome. We'll get that all linked up. Benny, thanks so much for your time. It was really great catching up with you. Um, we, we're excited that you're going to be on the show, uh, especially because of the work that you do uh, that's, t- that's sort of focused on Asians and Asian-Americans. Ameri- Asian so uh, thanks again. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The Jay Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at Kimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week.